0: This podcast is a TOEFOP production.
1: Head to toefop.com for more. <laughs> this is Tope Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, and thank you for watching. Charlie just asked if we... We're in person. This is for
0: Heritage Round. We thought we'd do an old-school version of Top Up. There's no videos, there's no computers. It's just you and I at a table... With a leaf blower going
1: outside. In the suburbs. In the suburbs. In the same house in the suburbs. Still not in the Tofop studio. Still no. haven't recorded an episode in the Tofop studio. What a great investment that was. <laughs> how, many, how many months have you had that studio going now? Well, pretty much, uh, oh, a year. It's, yeah. a, it's been a
0: year. Uh, you know, we used some of our Patreon funds to invest in, you know, I just stripped the walls and, and, you know, bought some new equipment, got some cameras and some I mean, it looks good, and...
1: your end. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> our videos have looked really great, your end. And then and my end has just been a veritable cornucopia of different background locations. It's
0: the equivalent of, like, if the new Batman film, they had filmed Robert Pattinson's scenes. Like, he just had shot it in his hotel room in the
1: Batman mask, but all the sets, the million-dollar sets had been filmed somewhere else. I... That that has been me doing all of my press, basically, like, you know, for the last, I don't know, at least, like, six months. But on Wednesday last week, so uh, I had guys installing an entire new air conditioning system in the roof of the house so they had to basically be up in the roof they're like taking bits off the roof they're like and you know one of those jobs where they're like it'll take half a day and then six thirty at night they're still there just shaking their heads and muttering to themselves and you're like my house has made your day heaps more shit than you thought it was going to be but you being here all day has also made my day heaps more shit than you thought it was going to be because I'm trying to juggle two dogs like they've got doors open everywhere so I have to like have the dogs in contained areas where I can be but I also was doing an entire day of Gruen Press so at one stage the only place that I could get uh, any reception where I was away from the noise was in our bedroom but in our bedroom. Like, the only place... or...? No, up north. Right. And in our bedroom, the only place that you can get reception is if you're in the furthest corner of the bedroom. So, like, real... Um, what's that... Uh, what's the original found footage... Movie Blair Witch. Blair, real Blair Witch Project vibes because I am just like Blair's in shaking. a corner staring at the wall, like in the furthest corner, just like up against the wall and like having to stand up because there was nowhere to see it. So like I've got a stand-up microphone so it feels like I'm doing the world's... <laughs> like I, basically it's Blair Witch Project live stand-up right, just in <laughs> the corner wall. to a wall. <laughs> Will in the wall in a duo as I was doing all this stuff So press.
0: how were you getting your computer hyped? To, to standing
1: high? My um, old mate Chester, Chester draws. <laughs> I love so, it. So the computer's on the Chester draws, and then I'm on a stand up mic in the corner, just like doing all my interviews. And I, it's fair to say, probably had a different energy. Yeah. Like, because when you're standing up and you're doing radio interviews, you're still bringing Formal. some real. No, I'm bringing. I was bringing some real stand-up vibes. All oh, right, like yeah, some yeah. real, lots the of energy, hands energy and energy. And yeah, right. Like, Did you give yourself an introduction? Had some firm you opinions. You know him. You love him. <laughs> Fuck it. I am him. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is on Radio National. Will Anderson.
0: That's hilarious.
1: Oh. It's funny how like we've
0: just accepted that production values have slipped because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like it used to be. Ours have remained pretty constant. Yeah. We were (laughs) ahead of the game. We were way out of the game, but you'll watch like a news program now and they'll cross live to their correspondent and he's in a shitty hotel room. It's not a great Mm. connection. He's
1: on some zoom connection. He's talking through his like speakers in his headphones. Yeah. And you're like, Even we thought this wasn't good enough quality for the podcast and now this is like mainstream news. But
0: it's weird that we just accepted it. It's like someone can do an interview now on their phone. Like I've seen a few like footy programs where like the player will have his phone and he'll be moving the phone Mm. around. He's obviously sitting in bed and he's trying to like balance the phone on his lap. And it's like, we just accepted that. Okay, Mm. we're going to go... We're going to go backwards to go forwards to make it more convenient for us to keep doing the media that you like.
1: Not even just the media. I was uh, talking to my therapist on on Friday and he is moving house and we were doing like I was, you know, it was a Zoom call, which it is most of the time. Uh, But... uh, he, he he kept like turning himself upside down and oh like so i'm There's like in the middle of some like cat. some, some <laughs> revelation and like i'm like has this literally turned you upside down or have you just had to and he, then he'd turn his phone up the other way and you're just like i guess this is just the world we live in now I,
0: that's interesting i'm thinking about mm. going back into therapy and part of m- my resistance or hesitancy is like well it'll most likely have to be via zoom and i don't know if that's what I want from therapy. Like my original therapist, I think I've talked about this before. Like I loved her. We had a great relationship, helped me a lot. But then she broke up with me. She's like, I'm taking a job in Adelaide. And so she gave me two options of, we can continue to do this via Zoom or I can recommend someone else. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, I want to recommend someone else because, well, because I actually think I said, when she said that, I was like, no, no, let's keep doing it. I'll I'll do it on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, that answer to me suggests it you know, maybe you should go to someone else. The fact that you are so feeling so like needing to hang on to me, I think it'd be healthy for you to, to find someone else. Right. And so I did, I I saw another therapist and he was great, but now I'm sort of at a point where it's like, I need a bit of a tune up and I want to find someone. But I feel like, like when I pay for a massage, you know, like I, I will go top end because I want to have the full experience of like, well, I'm paying money for this. I want I honestly I thought I you tri- just
1: meant top end of your body. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I'm paying for a massage, i just want not- my chin to my eyebrows. <laughs> like- That's it. <laughs> I'll wear a t-shirt and yeah. I say, don't touch anywhere below the t-shirt. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to come in in a suit of armour yeah. but just with the helmet off so you can massage just that area. <laughs> no, I want the full... Like, I want to feel like I'm getting value for um. money and I feel like if I'm doing it via Zoom, you know, she or he could be, or they could be like, you know, got a fidget spinner off camera or, you know, their kids are in the background or they've got like, you know, the cricket on or something like that.
1: Uh, Yeah, but also you do.
0: Yeah. So I think... Yeah, I'm not concentrating either.
1: No, so, but I don't mind that. I actually think that it's... I feel like when I'm there in person, like, you know, you chat to them about... Life and the world, and what there's a lot of warming up. There's a lot of, there's a fine line between, yeah. like, you know, starting a conversation and then getting into the therapy of it. At least in my experience, often if I'm in person with a the therapist, you start with just sort of. How's your, how's your week been? You, and, yeah. you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then at some stage you're like, oh, we're in it. You know, like when you're doing a podcast and you don't realize they've started recording? Yeah, yeah That's yeah. what like therapy's like in real life. You're like, oh, this is it, is it? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll start being funnier. Yeah, I'm
0: <laughs> talking about my father all of a sudden. <laughs> How do we get to
1: that point? But um I find on the Zoom, I just jump in. Cause I've got the same it's like a meeting. Yep. Like, you know, the scheduled time. The thing that you miss, by the way, yes, now you can hear the leaf blower in the background. Cause I'd made the decision early on that I would shut the door and so the leaf blower wouldn't be there and then the dogs were at the door and so I opened the door. So now I don't know whether I should actually be shutting that door. No, nah, I reckon leave it open. That's I all right. Give
0: people the full experience. Okay. I mean it's not that it's not bothering me. So if it's bothering the listeners.
1: Well I mean we are the captains of this ship. <laughs> yeah, but. Are there more than, are there, is there any ship that has two captains? I mean, I would imagine you could have co
0: captains of a ship, right? But there'd be one who has to make the call. Why? Well, when the ship goes but, down, one of them but, has to say, we're abandoning ship. You yeah. You can't have but, two guys. Go- because one guy says, no, we're not abandoning ship. Yeah.
1: And then they're stuck. <laughs> I the mean, I guess like, like, like umpires do we do? Last in last? the footy, there's like a senior umpire. But at the same time, all they're the... empowered though. The other ones to
0: make the final call. Like you can have a you can have an umpire who's not in the zone uh. make a decision from the middle of the ground and overrule the.
1: Yeah, so I guess that's like your two captains though, because your captain's got to sleep. Yeah, I you guess. can't like be a twenty four seven captain. But you like wake the captain's a captain up occasionally of... the
0: ship's going down. Do we send? Yeah, out the light
1: but hose? you only wake him up if the ship's going down. You need somebody in the meantime to be making the whole range of decisions before the ship's coming down. Before you wake up the captain, would be my suggestion.
0: Yeah, but I don't feel like. I feel like there's we're... got to be a night captain. But we will make decisions together. Yeah, but if this was a ship, yeah,
1: what the we SS would have total. to do. <laughs> It's not the Titanic Toe <laughs> yeah, surely we'll sink Toe <laughs> If this was a ship, at, we, we'd go in shifts. We wouldn't both do the day shift and then pop off to bed and then just leave no one in charge. Yeah. Like, and we would be empowered to make decisions on each other's... But like, you wouldn't have to wake up me at three o'clock in the morning if the ship was going down to... I guess if, I mean that's well no
0: but maybe what if it's a 50-50 mm. like or like so they you know the 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 I don't know what's it, is there a driver of <laughs> a pilot of the ship that says hey uh look we we the radar telling us we're heading towards an iceberg mm. we don't think we have a way around it we may hit it and it's mm. fine but we could probably abandon ship mm. I think if I was the captain on duty, I would still want to wake up and go, look, yeah. man, like this and I'd be potentially- like, I've got a plan. We
1: fucking jump it. <laughs> <laughs> we go faster. It's the speed protocol. Speed up. And we use this. Because, I mean, let's be honest. What's the tip of an iceberg? It's a fucking ramp. Yeah, That's it is, what Jerry. it actually is. Yeah. You know what we do, guys? We floor this shit and we use this iceberg as a fucking ramp.
0: I mean, I haven't seen, seen Speed 2, but yeah. I do know it's shed, set on a cruise yeah. liner. Is that what they did?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where they use an iceberg as a ramp.
0: I mean, what was the plot? I mean, Speed 1, perfect yeah. film. Like, it's fantastic. What a simple concept. You get on a bus and you can't slow down. It's a great concept for an action film. Yeah. But what was the plot of Speed 2? If you had to guess what the plot of Speed 2 was, what would you say?
1: Um, you? They're on a boat and there's a bomb on the boat and the boat can't go under 40 knots or the bomb will explode. I actually can't remember what the plot of Speed 2 is. Every time I try to think of the plot of Speed 2, all I think of is the plot of Under Siege, which is a completely different movie. Okay,
0: so, do you remember there was a, a colon, as a
1: subtitle? Gee, that is that, getting really loud in the background now, though, <laughs> isn't it? Is, what do are, what are we, what are we think? Right, let's shut the door. Oh, okay. this captain. We'll see this is what the all captains are doing. Right. This is yeah. the iceberg
0: that's heading
1: towards the SS...
0: Yeah, that's better. I must admit.
1: See, this is why you <laughs> need two captains. Yeah, but that's okay. The two captains can get together. It would be rare, I think, if you just got up and shut the door. I mm. wouldn't have been like, hey, <laughs>
0: you should have consulted me on that.
1: Yeah, and if you were in bed and I had to decide whether the door should be open or shut, I wouldn't have like gone off. Like I ran it by you because you, wo- you were here. Right. But like, if you were in bed asleep, I wouldn't be like, I'm waking Charlie up to see if I should (laughs) shut the door
0: or not. (laughs) That sounds like... I mean, that's when the relationship is like... I think it's an abusive relationship. Will feels like he needs to ask Charlie's permission on whether or not he can shut a door. Yeah.
1: Okay, so speed to... uh, uh, Who was it? Who was the Jason Patrick took over from Keanu, who
0: you'd know from The Lost Boys Uh and... Nothing else. Sleepers? Okay. Um... And Sandra Bullock came back. But uh-huh. it was Speed2: Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Well done. Okay, so it was made in 97, so f- right. uh, four years after the original. Uh, same director, John DeBont, uh, Jason Patrick, and who was the villain? What actor played the villain? Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> no, that's
1: no, that was under siege. Um, uh, who did play the
0: villain? He's, he fantastic actor, mm-hmm. um, character actor, but he you know he's a big star.
1: Mm. Often
0: plays villains. Has been a villain in a, in a tentpole superhero film. Mm. One of the early, earlier ones.
1: Uh, Jeremy
0: Irons. No, okay, I'll do an impression of him. Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Christopher Walker. No, he's an well, he's an actor who walks nimbly between art house and mainstream. He's, he's got Steve
1: one, Buscemi.
0: No. He kind of talks like this, and uh, he's got big teeth, and uh, Peter Parker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> was that a good impression? <laughs> well, it got me there, so I'm okay. going to say, yeah, I guess it was.
0: And the fact that I named the the lead character from the film he was in, that probably I
1: mean, me yeah, well. that part of the impression was the bit that made it most compelling, I must admit. <laughs> okay, so
0: the simple one-line plot oh. is they are trapped aboard a cruise ship, and... Um, uh, that gets hijacked. Okay. Okay. Uh, and they work with the ship's first officer to try and stop it. After they discover it's been pre-programmed to crash into an oil tanker. So
1: your first officer it sounds like they're probably the That's next That's the driver in of the ship. Yeah. You know, that we were saying. <laughs> yeah. The boat driver. Hey, driver. Uh, so Jan de
0: Bond, the director, yeah. had the idea for the film after he had a recurring nightmare about uh, Keanu Reeves not reco- returning for a shit sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No, he had a recurring nightmare about a cruise ship crashing into an island. Uh Speed star Keanu Reeves was initially supposed to reprise his role as Jack Traven for the sequel, but decided not to commit after and was replaced by Patrick before filming. So people often say about Keanu, he seems dumb. I think Keanu has consistently made very smart career choices his entire life. I mean, he's been a movie star for, what, 30, almost 30 years? And you don't do that by accident
1: no and he like i mean he he's had franchises like people would have been at the time like this is your opportunity this could be your franchise yeah you can retire and yet he went and did the matrix and he went and did john wick and he has all these other franchises post this you can have a
0: keanu verse for sure keanu verse oh my god oh yeah let's start a keanu verse like a theme park Oh, oh, so, so you can Bill literally just land, go and... Matrix Land, John Wick Land. Yeah, you just go in... Date and age appropriate
1: woman land. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like have different looks. Like yeah. just different looks. you got your bearded kind of John Wick um, look. you got your skinhead Jack Traven look.
1: Yes. I, I mean, Keanu, absolutely 100%. If you told me there was like an amusement park like where, in, where... Like in
0: Sweden or something, one of those weird things. It's like there's a theme park that's entirely Keanu Reeves themed.
1: Well... You can go on a razor coaster. If you would if there was like a John Wick, you know, style uh, like virtual reality. Paintball thing. Yeah, we'd go
0: in with a gun and just headshots. I'll do that. Oh my god, I would pay so they much money to do that. They hand you like to a dead that. puppy before yeah. you walk in just to get you motivated. <laughs> I'd
1: fucking go and I'd shoot everyone in that motherfucking warehouse. <laughs> you hand
0: me a dead puppy,
1: you sick fucks. Yeah, but I, I I love that because I've been on those rides like the Harry Potter one or the Terminator one, and you know those sort of like the idea that it was a John Wick one. They just strap you that and Bill and Ted's one would be amazing. Oh it's like god. a roller
0: coaster. you get in a yes. phone booth and they shoot you down these tubes and then you pop out and there's like so crates you can go over playing and he's like and you've got to you know talk to him and communicate you
1: play some van halen for him and stuff like that well it doesn't have to be like an escape room a bill and ted's escape room yeah but could it be Universal (laughs) use Do universal studios i'd have to work on how to pronounce it but you can see what i'm doing there uh because like why not in la Yeah. yeah that's what i like because i don't want to have to go to some weird foreign country to like have them actually kill a puppy i'm like y- you could have just done this in virtual reality as well the whole no. whole rest of the game's virtual reality and they're like no we kill a real puppy <laughs> yeah, every it's time that is very important that is the rule of our country i'm like there would be enough i think in la alone if you said there was like a now, like a part of Universal Studios was Keanu, Keanu Keanuverse. Universal Studios. Keanu Universal Studios. And it was just all like virtual reality and like roller coasters and experiences.
0: And there'd be a little museum as well, yeah. a bit more respectful where you can go through and it's like, you know, they play that kind of stirring music. And it's like Keanu was born in Ontario in 1950, you
1: know. Yeah, I absolutely believe that there'd be like different, like so... You know, there'd be like little districts and whatever. So, the cafes are themed like, you know, that particular thing. So, yeah. There's that for there's the, the Bondo years. Own, my when own he was private in, cafe or, yeah. <laughs> or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I
0: love it. Same sex burgers.
1: <laughs> but I was gonna say, yeah, themed on all his stuff, but also just themed on aspects of his life. Like yeah. you can skip over some of the uncomfortable stuff. Like mm. you don't have to live his trauma every day. Yeah. But like the trauma like
0: park benches where you could be like the same yeah, Keanu to just, and me, just yeah. eat your sandwich. The cinema. Bench on your you can own.
1: go in and there's a kid who like asks for your autograph. You just live these Keanu moments. Yeah. Um no, I was thinking... Thinking more like you know he had his bondi years when he was out here filming the matrix is that where he
0: lived in bondi
1: i don't know if he lived but he definitely hung out at like sababa and like on hall street and stuff back in the day ticket he came into the movie cinema yeah so i think he's like there'd be just like a little eastern suburbs of sydney themed area where you could just go and get like a you know some food and whatever just like eat some falafel, like an American version of sababa. Probably reading some like 18th century poetry. (laughs) Oh yeah, a whole bunch of his books are just like randomly around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could
0: definitely get into that. Uh. The Keanuverse. I mean, they have like Graceland and stuff. So like, why couldn't you have a Keanuversal Studios?
1: Yes, absolutely. Why couldn't you and why couldn't we be the people who start it?
0: How would you even approach that? You go to his agent and say you need an investor. You need like we we, we want to go. Yeah, Yeah. we
1: need to go and get some angel investment first. Yeah, and I am right across this because I've been watching the Josh and Gordon Levitt uh, series. Super pumped about the creation of Uber, and he is like the dude Travis or whatever his name is is the dude behind Uber is the evil movie version. Of Zuckerberg and right. uh, Bezos and all these sort of guys, he's the guy who came up wanting to be in the is same he a tech league,
0: bro. Like a
1: yeah, totally, no. and like an absolute like, like I mean, Uber is the greatest fucking like pyramid scheme of all time basically really right like the people at the top get super rich but the company's never made any money and it exploits its fucking drivers on every level and it's like it went into you know places and broke laws everywhere and whatever it's like it's fucking like it's so compelling mm. but now i know how it's done so okay great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I don't have completely awesome it's also been a real how-to guide of the idea that if you just get like if you are passionate enough about your idea and you just won't be stopped, that you can achieve anything. So I think we can achieve Universal well, Studios. You're Keanu Reeves yeah. for a moment. Imagine okay. that.
0: And so your yeah. agent comes to you and says, we have a serious big money offer. Yeah. And they want to do this Keanuverse, Universal yeah. Studios. Yeah. It's going to be a mix of like rides and a museum and virtual reality and people can play your famous characters and stuff. Like, is there an element of you that's like, this seems tacky and cheap and, you know, trading Mm -hmm. off something that, you know, or is there a way that you can view it as go, well, this could be like, as long as I have creative control and approval, this Mm -hmm. is like a pretty amazing legacy. Like, do you go with it?
1: Interesting. Probably
0: not. If you're going to get this creative control, it's not going to be tacky. Like they want to do the best possible job, but like it's a tremendously narcissistic thing to lend your name to, isn't it?
1: I think that you would want silent creative control because I wouldn't want people to know that I was, like, involved in it. I wouldn't want them trading off my name. But so I'd not also, like
0: Dollywood or anything like that. But
1: I'd also want approval over right. everything. So, like, you know, the, so if it was me, like, if like clearly it's never going to happen. But, like, if yeah. someone came to me and said, look, we got this idea, Will Anderson Extended Universe, like, you know theme park so like people will be able to go in and like you know pretend to be the host of Gruen or they'll go and do some stand-up comedy or they'll go and do a like a podcast with like you <laughs> a know, leaf blower child. in like, the background yeah, with a leaf blower. we've got a couple of dogs <laughs> you sit down in this little
0: crappy <laughs> studio with his two like you know wonky mic stands yeah. you start talking a guy with a leaf blower it just it comes
1: just in, comes in. we <laughs> release two dogs alive dogs <laughs> by the <laughs> way we're <Well, laughs> a point of difference to uh, yeah. to the in fact we, we saved these dogs from a very unscrupulous as Keanuverse in Romania, so, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I think I would be. If it were to happen, I think that you'd want like, yeah, you'd want approval of the scenarios. Yeah. Like, I think that that would be the the scenario. I guess. That but
0: would, would you feel awkward about? So you know, when they're coming to do the yeah. Will Museum or the Keanu yeah. Museum where this is like the earnest, yeah. you know, they're going to talk about where you are born and, you know, your influences and stuff like yeah. that. Like, they're all going to be kind of glowing tributes and yeah. stuff. Like, how do you tread that line between? You want it to be authentic mm-hmm. and honest, yeah. but at the same time, it's here to pay homage. So you're compromised in a way. Like, giving approval over that, you are inclined to gloss over things right well i
1: mean i think if somebody's making an amusement park based on your entire existence then yeah yeah absolutely
0: i guess i'm more curious about what that exercise it's not like like like. when
1: you go to disneyland they take you into a room of (laughs) anti-semitism to get into the head of walt disney do you mean like you're allowed to gloss over some of the the sharper edges but it's kind of like it's like but mm. it's like being present at your own eulogy
0: because they're going to be saying all these wonderful things about you and i just think it'd be I think there's a reason why you shouldn't be around. I mean, I don't think that
1: it would be healthy for Keanu no. to go. But like d- oh, yeah, that's but a But the fact point. that it exists doesn't. It, like, I mean, he's a movie star. Those things, yeah. like, he exists in people's imaginations regardless of, you know, the life that he lives. Like, the Keanu that people think that Keanu is is not Keanu Reeves. Like, it's not who he sees when he looks in the mirror every day. It's not. So he already lives in that you know, altered. In fact, he's maybe almost the one you could convince to do it. Not for him, because he's got more money than he'll ever need in his entire life. But mm-hmm. like, if you said, we've worked out that we can like save every like starving child in Tanzania for every year, like we're going to set up the best way. For, we've like looked at, we had this huge problem, like, you know, all these people are dying. We need this much money a year to be able to like save these lives. And we tried to, charity raise we've started GoFundMes we've done all these events there is no way we can raise this money other than we've done the projected budget on what we'll make on Keanu Versal Studios and your portion of that will be enough every year to have like you know tens Tanzania be completely free of poverty I think that Keanu Reeves would be like whoa yeah. <laughs>
0: you would be disappointed if he
1: wasn't. Like, in that angel investment meeting, when you pitch the idea to him, if he doesn't say, whoa, you'd be like, I'm fucking the deal's oh, like, off. Come on. The yeah. deal's off, mate. We well, set this up just to hear that one word. Well, that's part of it, by the way. The part of what I've learned from this guy behind Uber is, like, regardless of the situation you're in in a meeting, you've got to get up at some stage and storm out and say the deal's off. Oh, really? That was very much part of his negotiating tactics.
0: So I was saying to Jem the other day that I read this interview with Matt Damon and he was talking about yeah. roles. Crypto?
1: And how good no, it no. is? No, it was, it was
0: roles that he had turned down uh-huh. that he regretted or whatever. Yeah. And apparently he was offered Avatar. Yeah, And I think he'd just done The Martian and was like, oh, do I want to do two like Spaceman movies? Uh-huh. And they offered him like a big chunk of the back end. And if he had taken it, he would have made like 150 million. Yep. And it's like that decision still sort of keeps him up at night. Yeah. And I said to Jim, but he's doing fine, Matt yeah. Damon. Like it's worth was-
1: about $250 million. You reckon? I recently did some research oh, okay. to see how Matt, because I was. Oh, about the crypto. Yeah, yeah, about the crypto thing. And I was like, how much money does Matt Damon need? And then I thought, I should find out how much money. Million. They cool reckon I he thought. has about a wealth of about $250 well, that makes million. Sense. Yeah. I mean, the Bourne films would be. Yeah, that's his yeah.
0: big cash cow. But then to think he could have made an extra 100 uh, plus whatever he would have got for the seat. Here's what
1: I'm going to say 250 million is enough.
0: <laughs> that's what I was saying to Jim. Like. Yeah. Would it significantly change his life? But maybe he's going to like end poverty in Tanzania. Yeah, he maybe.
1: But like, clean I think water he sh- projects. Yeah, and you stuff. know what? I, that I, that was part of my research. Right, was okay. is he using this crypto money for some good thing? Because I was like trying to find a reason to justify. You want to keep that- liking Matt Damon? Yeah, yeah, and I really, at the end of my research, could not keep oh, liking Matt no. Damon. well What I was do- your conclusion then? Why do you
0: think he just for money, just to make money?
1: I believe so, and I believe that. Um, yeah, who knows? Like you never know what someone's actual real financial situation is. The internet doesn't necessarily know what Matt Damon's real financial situation is. He might have some pet project that it's all going to. Val, but
0: Val Kilmer's push and Jim Carrey are pushing NFTs online. I saw that. A lot a of
1: celebrities. I mean Larry David did a Super Bowl ad for crypto. Right. I it's a legal product, and I guess people, you know, might get caught up in the his, I have a lot of cynicism towards it. And mostly that is based on me reading about it <laughs> learning about it yeah. and seeing how quickly it can like crash and my biggest fear about cryptocurrencies is not that some people won't get incredibly rich out of them of course they already have and so they will continue to but the more that there is gold in them are hills mm. like the more that big companies come in and you know like pre-existing rich people come in and the way that they earn more and more money is to take it out of the pockets of poor people who don't know how to manage their finances in the same way so for every story about somebody who makes a whole bunch of money on cryptocurrency who's like that's like winning the lottery and then like the rich will get richer and the poor will get fucked over and that's my problem with all these things is like Mm. the, the these are rich people Like, my problem wouldn't be that Matt Damon buys an NFT or invests in crypto currency, whatever. Who the fuck cares about that? My problem is when a rich person already has enough money tries to convince poor people who don't have enough money that this is their lottery ticket out of poverty.
0: Yeah, which is why you're seeing, like, I don't know how many ads you get tagged in now or tweets, but there's just crypto every day. I get, like, four or five. I'm tagged into something. It's like, fucking hell. Like, obviously, some data mining company has sold all these details and now I'm just getting loaded with all these like crypto Gemma has a crypto account yeah her dad was way into it and Gem's dad's a bit of a kind of like he's always lived outside of like Mm -hmm. societal norms and he was like it's anarchy man yeah I love it we're gonna bring down the banks and so he was just bombarding Gem with all this info (laughs) so she was she did really well for a while and then there's been a big crash obviously but we're in a different situation where we have money that we can dabble yeah, in it's, like a high risk investment. Again,
1: that's your gambling money. Like, yeah. I mean, people go, is it any different to the stock market? And I'm like, not really, to be honest. But the stock market's also horrible and corrupt. And mm. it, it, the only difference is that the stock market, the thing that they're all speculating on, most of them are real things. They're businesses, they're companies, they're entities like that, you know, like yeah. that at least exists. Whereas in crypto, we're literally just, you're just betting on the, value of like nothing Mm. and as long as you can convince other people that your nothing is worth something then they will value you or something and you can sell your nothing to them and then suddenly it's worth something that's the
0: entire creative industry i mean that's what you're always trying to do it's like i always say about movie making because you know you'll try and put together a project and sales agents will say well if you can get this name and this name then that's worth this much and i often look at those evaluations and go this is just like alchemy. This is witchcraft. Mm. None of this is real. Like you're saying, oh, if you get this actor, then we can give you this much money because we'll get a guarantee. No, there's no guarantee return on investment. Like there are five bankable stars in the entire world, you know, like the rock, Tom Cruise, you know, I think Matt Damon for a while was a bankable star, but now that's not guaranteed anymore. So you are just looking for a reason to feel okay about giving us your money. (laughs) Like, but let's not pretend that this is a guarantee. And, you know, you, we think this is a better actor yeah. and we should use this guy. But you go, oh, you know, we've done the numbers, you know, we've checked his star rating on IMDb. Yeah, trust me. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's better that you make a better film. Yeah. And you got more likely for it to have success. Than, well, it's the oh, same that thing. that guy from that reality show because people
1: know who he is. It's the same warning they have at the end of every, you know, super ad for a super fund, which is that past results – Don't guarantee future results, right? Yeah, and that is the same with any of those hypothetical things, like you know. And it's the same with cryptocurrency. Just because it has done well previously, doesn't guarantee that it will continue to do well into the future. Like there are plenty of things in our society that operate on that principle. Mm. In fact, most things in our society operate on that principle. Like so often, I think real. (laughs) I think the mistake we make is thinking that. Things will be the same in the future as they were in the past, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So well, that's, I mean, the the
1: producers of Speed Two. <laughs> <quickly yeah. laughs> oh, good, good. Like, that's good. The producers. It's Speed amazing 2 that 3. we've actually made it back to Speed Two, <laughs> but somehow we really naturally did. I
0: actually did because I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. someone that said, well, yeah. it, Jason Patrick equals mm-hmm. one, right?
1: Keanu look at these. Reeves. Look at these Lost Boys numbers.
0: Yeah. Or I mean, what and
1: Sandra the- Bullock's the real star of this franchise, anyway. A hundred percent. Okay, so. He decided not to come back. The writers have to rework the script. By the way, Sandra Bullock, speaking of bankable stars, I think she's still probably... Like, people watch Sandra Bullock movies still. And I watched this movie that she's made recently called The Lost World. or The Lost. Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum. Brad Pitt making an incredibly funny cameo. Yeah, right. I love when Brad Pitt does comedy. And, like, I think he has... When he nails it, he has incredible comedic chops. Mm. And this is a good example of that. It is a very lightweight... So, the, the premise of the film is she's a she's a, a, like a historian slash romance writer, mm. right? So, she writes these kind of like, you know, Indiana Jones like style, like, romance. Shul of the Nile. That's like yeah. Captain yeah. Turner's character. Okay, you know. cool. And then, so, Channing Tatum is the model from the front of the books, the right. Fabio, basically, of this scenario, who kind of thinks that he can do all the things that the action adventurer but absolutely cannot he's like a model right like he's just like literally a guy who puts on she writes all these things but yeah all the fans think that he is actually the character and anyway brad pitt plays like a real version of the hero the hero and it is Fucking hilarious! Like it's just a really—it's like you know. I've seen the ads for it. Did you see it in the movies or on a a plane? And I would say perfect plane movie, right? Like not probably good enough that you would go to the movies. Certainly not really good enough that you'd sit down and watch it consistently without doing something else at home. But like a really good plane movie. I think this
0: was from memory she wasn't America's sweetheart yet because she did like Demolition Man Speed uh. and then she entered like romantic comedy like While You Were Sleeping and that was kind of like mm-hmm. her pretty woman moment Also, maybe she was a star at this stage mm-hmm. um, alright so production took place on Seaborn Legend which is a real ship uh, the final scene in which the ship crash—oh, spoilers!—Speed <laughs> 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> the final scene in which the ship crashes into the island of Saint Martin cost almost a quarter of the budget mm-hmm. and set records as the largest, most expensive stunt ever filmed. I have never seen Speed 2. Wouldn't the producers? be so happy to know that they spent a quarter of their budget on the biggest stunt ever filmed, and I have no idea what that fucking stunt is. I've
1: spe- seen Speed 2, and I cannot <laughs> remember that stunt, so I think that's even worse. Oh, that's terrible.
0: Uh, many interior scenes were shot in sound stages. Mm. Okay, the film was released on uh, in 1997 to negative reviews. The mm. acting, story, and characters <laughs> attracted the most good. <laughs> okay, right, so well, the what The acting, else? the story, and the characters, right? Yeah. As well as the absence of Reeves. Isn't that, you know, you're a star then yeah. when people say that was the biggest critique? Yeah. Where was Keanu? Uh, and it's setting on a slow moving cruise ship.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's so it's, yeah, it's not a military boat, it's a cruise ship. Yeah. Hence the cruise colon control. cruise control.
0: I mean, it's hilarious because it does literally go against the entire premise mm. of a speed film. Yeah. Which is like high speeds, speed, high speed. <laughs> it's
1: right there in the name. Yeah. i got to be honest with you. Speed it. too slow down. <laughs> Roger Ebert defended the film. <laughs> I mean, also, the one thing that if you had cruise control on the original bus, would have been a lot easier not to go <laughs> under the speed limit. Totally. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Roger Ebert said, uh, it's a truly rousing uh, ocean liner adventure story. The film was a bomb, earning uh, $164 million against a budget uh, of $160 mm-hmm. million. So you would got to make twice your money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, one well, that,
1: that was the original reveal from the original Speed, is that when they said they had a bomb on the bus, they meant they had a copy of the Speed, speed, two. speed <laughs> 2.
0: Okay, so Alex Shaw is the new hero. He's uh, the new Keanu. All right. He's on a motorcycle chasing a vehicle with stolen goods. Great. So it's high-speed beginning. Yeah, okay. uh, so you've,
1: you've just bought a ticket. You love the first <laughs> speed. You know what I love? Down. Speed. Yeah. And this is going to be even speedier. Uh,
0: after he catches the driver of the vehicle, his girlfriend Annie Porter... Runs into him during her driving test. Oh, yeah. She, was, she lost her license. That's okay, right. In the first it's one, one of the funny things about the original. And that's right. She finds out that Alex is on the SWAT team mm-hmm. after he lied and told her that he was a beach officer. This is a bizarre opening
1: to a film. And it's all, it's it like, it already feels like now he's a beach officer. Let's get some sort of Keanu point break yeah. vibes into this character as well. But it
0: is, is it also unusual that, mm-hmm. like, they fell in love by the end of the film yeah. and he was a police officer. Yeah. So clearly she's broken up with this yeah. cop and has just met
1: uh, another cop, cop? Yeah,
0: kind of looks a bit like your ex-boyfriend. She got
1: blue fever. That's what she <laughs> got.
0: <laughs> but don't you think if you're a friend of Annie's, yeah. You would say at some point... Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you, you okay, okay, Annie? <laughs> but your new boyfriend is like a knockoff version of your last boyfriend.
1: Yeah. Kind of She goes, I know, I wanted the other one as well. But <laughs> he said no. Smarter than he looks. <laughs> a lot of people think he's dumb because he sounds like a surfer. Um, okay,
0: so after an apology, uh-huh. Alex surprises her with a ticket for the Caribbean cruise okay. on The Seaborne Legend. All right. However, aboard the ship, deranged passenger John Geiger... A former employee right. of the cruise ship company. A oh, disgruntled yeah. former employee. What,
1: what was his job? Do we know what his job was previously at the cruise company? No, but I imagine... A he counter. Be, what? D- did the books.
0: he, and he says he They called in, him the
1: Geiger counter.
0: <laughs> I think it would have to be something tech because it says he okay. hacks into the ship's computer right, system. Yes. And the following evening, he sabotages the ship's communication systems and kills Captain Pollard. After remotely shutting down the ship's engines, Geiger calls the bridge to tell the first officer, Juliano, that the Pollard is dead Then he is in charge. So it's like Captain Roberts. What was it? Yeah,
1: uh, captain... Oh, what was that film
0: called? Captain Johnson? <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> What's that film? The film's called I'm the captain now.
1: It's that not That is the only line I remember. Captain... Roberts? Phillips. Phillips. No, Captain... Um, oh, what is it called? Captain... Captain Roberts. Is, there, is it? Captain that doesn't sound right though. Captain like it might Phillips. be, but uh, Tom Hanks. Let's we'll get some water while you look Okay. Tom Hanks. Thanks. Captain. Captain Phillips.
0: Okay, so he says that, Geiger, Mm. that he's the captain.
1: Well, that's apparently what works, Charlie. We've (laughs) we've solved our, we've solved our (laughs) dilemma of what happens if if the captain's asleep and somebody needs to make a decision. All somebody has to say is, I am the captain. I am the captain. Uh,
0: Juliano is ordered by Geiger to evacuate the ships. Uh, Geiger steals jewelry from the vault as the passengers evacuate. Okay, so
1: this is his plan. It's a heist. Heist, but it's, okay. it looks
0: like he wants it to be a bloodless coup. He uh-huh. wants to get everyone off so he can just steal the jewels. Okay. Um, but as the passengers evacuate, Drew, a young deaf girl, becomes trapped in an elevator. Oh, mm-hmm. You remember yeah. the first uh, speed start to the elevator? That's how they introduce oh, Jack Travon. Yes, of it's course. Like, it's like, it's one of Keanu's best lines mm. where they're getting the brief from their SWAT mm. team leader who's like, you know, if the explosives go off, the is going to hit, you know, the elevator's going to fall. And one guy's like, is there anything to break the fall? And
1: Keanu goes, yeah, the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so they've thought that an elevator scene I, is necessary. That's what I am It's a little nod. Don't yeah, you okay, fan maybe. Service? Right. People, this is a classic case of... You know what people liked about the original film? The elevator. The elevator. <laughs> we can't get Keanu, but the good news is we've got the elevator. People love Jeff Daniels, uh, but we killed him off. Is yeah.
0: there an actor called Daniels Jeff? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Daniel
0: Jeffs. Uh, so um, she gets caught in an elevator with a group of people beca- oh there's another group of people trapped uh-huh. behind fire doors as Annie and Alex attempt to board the last lifeboat Geiger programs the ship to continue sailing mm-hmm. when the winch lowering the lifeboat jams Alex jumps into the boat to rescue the passengers while Annie and Juliana use the ship's gangplank to get them back on deck mm-hmm. you know how you hate space films yeah I hate boat films yeah I don't know why, but I'm already bored reading this. I don't give a fuck about I any don't. of this.
1: Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I, faz- I actually. I was <laughs> so a it as well. I was like, is this the plot of this movie, them getting people on and off a boat? Because that's what it like, sounds yeah. like.
0: <laughs> After realizing that he's in control of the ship mm. um, and armed with skeet guns. Mm-hmm. Is that like
1: a skag gun? Yeah. <laughs> skeet skeet. <laughs> what is a skeet gun? They Shoot. bought them from Lil John, I believe. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh,
0: he goes with Juliano to the cabin. Geiger detonates explosives. Annie and Dante, the ship's oh. photographer, oh, all what? these unnecessary. I know. Oh. Because it's on the, the bus, you Oh, all, yes, that's right. And also, they're trying to do it again. You know yeah. what people love in the first scene? <laughs> uh, Minor the, characters. The minor characters. <laughs> <laughs> and he uses a chainsaw to cut the door open at yeah. the mouth. Alex orders the navigator, Merced, oh. Oh, yeah, right. to flood the ship and slow it down
1: <laughs> by opening up the so again. Ah, oh, so the idea is the boat is speeding towards uh, the tenuous link to this being a speed movie is. The boat is speeding towards towards, like, crashing on this island and they've got to try to stop the boat from crashing.
0: Right, yeah. So that's a ticking clock, the metaphorical
1: ticking clock. They've got to get everybody off board before the boat crashes or stop the boat from crashing. Yes,
0: which is just not as exciting. It's No, it's not. Uh, So as the ship floods, Alex sees Drew on the monitor, so the girl in the elevator, um, and he goes to save her. Alex then notices Geiger leaving the vault and holds him at gunpoint. But he escapes. Geiger explains that he designed it. Oh my god, this is so oh, fucking boring. So boring. <laughs> that Geiger he, he designed the ship's autopilot system, oh, yeah.
1: uh-huh.
0: and he's taking revenge cruise against control. the cruise ship. Yeah. Why, why did they? Uh, why did
1: they fire him? Oh my god, this is too much, man. Just it's the most it and Move on. <laughs>
0: Just <laughs> move on. He was fired uh, after he contracted copper poisoning.
1: Yeah. All right. That's an oddly specific Like if I got copper poisoning from the ABC, if it just got revealed that like the, the Ultimo building in Sydney has been giving me copper poisoning for the last 25 years that I've worked there, I'd just be like, all right you know what you gave me some free coffees as well it seems like a fucking fair deal and
0: i did challenge your publicity department quite a few <laughs> oh, a times a lot i was doing
1: interviews for my closet <laughs> apparently i challenged them today there's some like i made a joke on the show last week about uh, we were talking about uh, um adult sex toys mm. and uh they were saying that they're pitching them now to older women um because like women live longer than men and obviously you know um, you know, women end up sometimes by themselves and they want to be able to like satisfy themselves sexually. And I said, This is a great opportunity for the ABC. We should launch a product called the Ita Butt Rose. <laughs> and I thought that was a that's pretty nice a joke, but apparently I'm getting in trouble for that today. Really? Yeah, in the papers. It's so tame. Uh, yeah. And she pro- I mean, also agree. If your name is Butt Rose. I mean, not the worst joke no, you've ever heard. Of. No, but also, also it's been done quite also a bit not, in her life. I was going to say, also, not anyway it does not matter like it is literally ridiculous you're right but I would say here's what I wouldn't do steal everybody's lunch and burn down the ABC <laughs> building I feel like this dude is overreacting is my point uh, so Alex decides to stop the ship by diving
0: underneath it and jamming the propeller with a steel cable because well you remember in the first one well, uh, counter gets under the bus you know what people liked him going he- under the vehicle under things
1: <laughs> so <laughs>
0: we've got that too uh, Geiger realizes this is happening, so he jams the cable with a winch while he's underwater, uh-huh. causing to break the ship off and free the cable. Who oh, cares? God. To avoid the collision with the oil, we're in the last paragraph. Yeah, uh, to avoid God. the collision with the oil tanker, Alex and Dante <laughs> go to the ship's bilge and yeah. use a a bow thrusters to turn it. Oh my god. This I just
1: This is so boring. boring.
0: (laughs) Like imagine trying to like block this scene. It's like, okay, so Sandy is by the you start over you look out the window and you're gonna run over and press uh, that button. And how are we gonna uh, make this exciting? Me pressing a button. Like uh, what's the tension here? Can we see how fast things are moving out the windows no no because 'cause we're in the bottom of the ship so there's no And to be honest
1: mostly on a (laughs) sound (laughs) stage There's
0: no actual danger. So uh, the ship screeches down the side of the tanker, Uh. but manages to withstand the damage. Then heads straight into a marina, then crashes into the Saint Martin town, and
1: eventually stops. I mean, this is also you talk about the idea of stakes, which is like a bus like out of control on like a busy highway. We all get the stakes of that. We all drive bus buses every day, and we understand like the danger of that situation. That's immediately dangerous to most of the people who are sitting in the audience. Whereas Mm. like boats. Who the fuck cares if a couple of these rich assholes lose their boats? Like yeah. the stakes of this movie are so... And
0: who's been... I've never been on a cruise ship. Have you?
1: No, dear God, no. You no. Know, you know those there's lists that go around like Twitter of like, what's your nu- here's a list of 25 things. Your, your number is the number of these things that you haven't done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of those went around like a year or so ago and the only thing that I had not done on the list was go on the cruise ship and I yeah. knew that I would never complete that list because I am never going on a cruise ship. My brother's boyfriend
0: worked <laughs> on a cruise ship for like six years. We, we had dinner the other night and he was telling me mm-hmm. about it and he was like, oh, you know, it was a, he was. A, he started working there when he was 19 and he said it was a great way to you know, get out mm-hmm. and see the world. He's been to Alaska mm-hmm. and I was like, but when you're on the ship, mm-hmm. like, I just feel to me, there's a bit of claustrophobia about it. This idea of not being able to I know you dock every yeah. couple of days, but theres he was saying that often what happens is men mainly, retirees, um, maybe widow mm. widowers or whatever, will just move onto the boats. Right. They'll just live permanently on the boats yeah. and they'll just go and they'll gamble or mm.
1: just wander around. What happens at sea stays at sea? But I'm
0: like, that's to me sounds like Hotel California. You know, you can check in, but you'll never check out. Yeah. Like it's a the same day just again and again you know Groundhog Day you just hear the same music as you walk down the hall same
1: buffet
0: same buffet (laughs) you know and occasionally you'll dock somewhere and you can go into some protected zone where the laws don't apply You can just go kill a homeless person and
1: stuff. They'll let you do it. They'll let you do it. If you live on the boat. If you have no permanent address, they will let you. Which already is a more interesting movie than the one they made us sit through with Speed 2, by the the way. The only good boat
0: film, I reckon, is Dead Calm. That is one boat film I'm like,
1: okay, that's a cool little thriller. No, Under Siege is a good movie. Because it's mostly it? not a bit, well, no, it's not a good movie, but it's a very entertaining I don't, popcorn. I know I've seen it.
0: I remember the era, Erica Eleniak scene yeah. Yeah. very clearly from being a very impressionable 14-year-old boy. Or I mean, Tommy
1: Lee now. Jones literally, I think the boat starts sinking because he chewed so much of the scenery yeah. that there was holes in the boat. But that, that was the peak of Seagal's like. Yeah, it was. The, I think that's his best. Like his best movie, you yeah, know. I mean, his yeah, best popcorn, like, you know,
0: action guy. Well, that was when he was at the peak of his, mm-hmm. like, he was a rival to Stallone and Willis and all that kind Have of stuff.
1: Have you listened to the three part Dollar? I've only listened to the first two parts.
0: <laughs> but it's amazing. I love the idea that in the first episode, they talk yeah. about us, um, telling Jem about it, how they did a screen test. That agent just fell in love with them. Yeah. And they did that screen test, and they're like, "Oh, his voice is really like squeaky and yeah. irritating." And so they developed the whisper. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, that makes complete sense now.
1: Why well, he delivers everything in that kind of husky whisper?" I like to think that he still talks in the squeaky voice, though. Yeah, you know, like in, like when he's at home, yeah. <laughs> when he relaxes, <laughs> shakes out their hair. I've talks seen in the squeaky voice. I've seen a few. Um, uh, Bob Odenkirk has mm.
0: talked a lot about. He was a head writer or a writer on SNL when. You know, this oh, yeah. the famous,
1: yeah. So they've never shown it again. No.
0: <laughs> where it was like uh, Segal came on and the the guest targets like creative control or approval on the sketches, yeah. and he was just like, could not. There was no. There was one where they wanted him the Hans and Franz bodybuilders, and he was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I have to beat them up at the end. No. I can't be shown to be weaker <laughs> than them. And they're like, that is not the point of a sketch. <laughs> like we're lampooning like muscle men. It's not about like proven alpha male. Well,
1: there's this, there is a clip from it that went r- viral. The, boardroom. The, the, the climate change. This is the one yeah. where you don't look after the environment where he beats everyone up and then just like, yeah. it's well, but the way Odenkirk tells that yeah. story is like people immediately,
0: cause mm. the whole, he brought in a bunch of his stunt men pals. So when the sketch starts, mm. like regular SNL viewers are like, where's the cast? Right. Like none of these guys are the regular cast members. So that's all automatic, automatically put it off. And then, he just, it just turns into a fight scene where he starts throwing these guys <laughs> over and then does like a down-the-barrel monologue to the camera about this is what happens when you abuse the, the environment. I mean, he's right.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, boat movies, in. I mean, Titanic obviously was, is Titanic pre this or post this? Post this, isn't it?
0: Uh, post it, Because yeah, they're not 99. trying to cash
1: in on any Titanic vibes. No. Titanic's really it, isn't it, when it comes to... The king of boat movies. the hun- are Submarine movies, boat movies? Do you count submarine movies as being the same as no. boat movies? No. Submarine movies,
0: because generally they're like contained yeah. thrillers. And that's why I put mm-hmm. Dead Calm more in that category as well. I, when I see boat films, mm-hmm. whenever I hear tin drums, and there's like a sailing montage, oh, no. I'm like,
1: I don't give a fuck. I don't care about any of this shit. Yeah, I, I think I agree in general yeah like in princi- like in general space and boats I'm, I'm is
0: Jaws a boat movie
1: no that's big, a big monster movie uh, jaws is a you, we're gonna need a bigger boat movie <laughs> <laughs> Master and commander is that yeah. a boat movie uh, yeah parts of the Caribbean yeah ship pirate movie it's yeah but again. they don't call them pirate boats they call them pirate ships pirate right? ship. so that's a ship ship movie. movie. I'm actually trying
0: to think of, like, is there a genre of, like... There are not a lot of films set on boats, are there? So, Titanic would be the biggie. And then, is
1: there any, like, romantic comedies or anything? Oh, yeah, there's got to be a romantic comedy set on a boat. And if not, then we have to... Overboard? Ride it. Oh, yeah. That starts on a boat. Yeah. Films set on boats. (laughs) that has got (laughs) to be, like, a thousand... Um, All right. Uh, Okay. Well, I'm just going to go with this is the 10 best boat movies of all time. Is this list?
0: Oh, this would be interesting.
1: Oh, and this is from Discover Boating. So this is not like... shit. (laughs) Yeah, good. This is not some Hollywood list of the 10 best boat movies. This is the good people at Discover Boating who've decided to list the 10 best boat movies of all time. Interesting. Uh, It will answer, at least from the people at Discover Boating, one of the questions that you asked uh, a minute ago. Um, So. Okay. uh, All right. The 10 best boat movies to binge watch, according to the good people at. um, Now, I don't think you would be able to. That's my
0: idea of hell. If you caught up with the
1: mate and he was like, you know what we're going to do tonight? Binge watch (laughs) boat movies. movies. (laughs) We're on a boat, motherfucker. (laughs) All right, here we go. So this is their binge watching. um, Okay, so I don't think you're going to be able to guess the first one. I will say Kurt Russell's in it, and I'm not sure that will even. Oh. It. Is it uh, a new or old? It's a 1992 movie, I believe. Um, a on a it bike. has... So, uh, okay, the, the first... Um, we were guessing... Uh, before whether it was Phil oh Captain or Ron, Captain Ron, well done. That's
0: so nice. okay, that's a boat. That's that is definitely one of the. Dun, 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 dun. I bet you there's a scene in that where Captain Ron sets sail and they do like a helicopter shot and you hear a tin drum playing.
1: Now the good people that discover boating have just written a paragraph about each of these okay, movies, great. so I think that's like the right amount for us to be able to read through. Mandatory watching for any sailor. So okay. this is, is I this love really this perspective. Captain Ron, yeah. Captain Ron with Kurt Russell is remarkably accurate from a technical standpoint. Oh. Except, I love that this is all through the eyes. <laughs> <Like whether laughs> yeah, yeah, the boating is good or not. That was clearly not a four knot. It was a. Uh, except for one glaring piece of silliness that relates to sailboats. See if you can spot it. <laughs> Better tell us what it is. No. Oh man! All right, Any maybe. sailor worth his or her salt has most of the key lines memorized. <laughs> Oh, really? Jem's dad is a sailor. He's gonna yeah. stay with us in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna right, ask
0: just just you to I heard you guys like oh. this.
1: <laughs> and despite its goofiness, there are a few scenes in this film will ring remarkably true for anyone who spent time on an old boat. Okay. There you go. I would not have ever guessed Captain Ron. Now, uh, number two on this list is a 2019 film that I don't think you will know. In fact, it's a documentary. Uh, A fascinating 2019 documentary about Tracy Edwards and her all-women crew in the 1989 Whitbread Round, The World Race. Uh, It's called Maiden. You can't beat this true story for grit and an important history lesson. There's a bit of humour as well, great fashions and bad mustaches of the time. (laughs) Okay, not as much to do with sailing that one. Um, all right, uh, number three on this list: 2018 film uh, "Adrift." You probably wouldn't know that A either. Drift. Do you know "Adrift"? I think I do. Madonna's in that, isn't it? Mm, no, no. Oh, no. I don't know. It doesn't. Oh, no, it, that's shipwrecked. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if I can find one. I don't know if you would know this. Okay. So number five on the list. Not exactly a chuckle fest. It's based on a real tragedy from the 1960s. Ooh. Jeff Bridges, as the stalwart captain in charge of a training vessel and a buntho- bunch of wealthy White noob- squall. White school, correct. Uh, uh, when disaster strikes, it's an uncomfortable study of what it means to. To be a captain.
0: Ah!
1: So there you go. Maybe we, we need, really to, need watch to watch my White White squad <laughs> workout when you can open or shut the door. Uh, all right. Now, 1992, again, big year for boat movies, apparently. Um, so, is a movie that starred Matthew Modine and Jennifer Gray. Oh, I do know this. Yes. It's about the America's Cup. Yes. Mixed with a real cast of America's Cup racers yeah. and thespians like Matthew Modine and Jennifer Gray. Uh, This tale of competitive drama. The plot is thin, the dialogue is stilted, and the acting is at times cringeworthy. (laughs) But it's in our top ten list. But the cinematography is phenomenal. You can't beat this movie for sheer beauty. What's it called? Uh, It's not called Earth, and it's not called Fire. Wind. It is called Wind. That's a terrible name for a film. It really is. Yeah. I don't think anyone, people are going, I want to say that movie Wind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Blows, blow. <laughs> Um, All right, uh, this one you have Wind already blows. mentioned. That was definitely a headline, wasn't it? So, uh, the, out of the last four, there are yes, okay. You, well, you've you've mentioned one of them already at least. Okay. So, uh, more in the horror genre oh well i I don't know yeah it's kind of horror it's thriller uh like with a monster no okay with a ghost no okay horrific events it's dead calm okay (laughs) that's Um, a thriller for sure more in the horror genre well they're saying that yeah they don't know what they're fucking talking about yes uh with Nicole kidman and sam neill cruising a remote stretch of the south pacific when they come across the evil billy zane this one's full of completely improbable scenarios Oh. Sailing inaccuracies.
0: <laughs> you know why I love Dead Calm? Because it has nothing to do with boats. That's my favourite boat movie and it's the one the boat loves hate.
1: And Young Kidman's Bizarre Perm. What? Yeah. <laughs> She's got curly hair. It's not yeah. bizarre.
0: Some Americans, they don't know BMX Bandits Nicole like we know Nicole. Exactly. She's always had curly hair. Now She
1: straightens it for you guys. You asked the question, Charlie, mm. is Jaws a boat movie? Well, according to the people at Discover Boating... It is indeed a boat. Okay, good. Spielberg's major directorial debut can't be more iconic, and quotes from Jaws can be entertaining at happy hour. If you get a chance, watch the two-hour. Can make I ask it- you a question, yes, Sorry, please? On semantics, course. yes.
0: They're saying it's his major directorial debut. It was not, in fact, his first film. Are they getting away with it because they're saying it's his major directorial debut? Well, I believe that's why they put "major"
1: in there. But do you think that's that's cheating, right? I mean, I don't know how the good people who discover boating operate when it comes to... I think they're adding a When bit you talk of, about your first yeah. ever like, stand, solo yeah, stand-up uh, show... Oh, interesting. Okay, well, good example. Yeah. So I have, like... Okay, so my first ever solo stand-up show was called Diet Life. The next year I did the first of the 25 pun shows that I have done, I right. am the Willruss. So that is your first major step. Yeah, I think all a major step. I think, you know. You're going to cut them some slack. In that same way. <laughs> okay, I, sure. I think there's a little window there. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right. Um, okay, so uh, what they say about Jaws is um, if you get the chance, watch the two-hour making of this film as well to appreciate the end product. Not sure. everyone will see this movie as a comedy, but if you watch closely, you'll see a bit of humour. I think there's a bit, fair bit of comedy in it. Mm-mm. Well, not everyone thinks that. Apparently, yeah. uh, another Captain movie, as mentioned earlier, Captain Phillips makes the list. In 2009, the U.S. flagged container, uh, uh, Mursk, Alabama, was taken over by Somali pirates. Tom Hanks convincingly plays the captain during this hostage drama that was made into an award-winning feature film in 2013. This portrayal of leadership during the most, during its most, uh, oh, I can't read that Uh, taught moments and then finally on their list um, an Alfred Hitchcock finally a classic thriller from Alfred Hitchcock based on a John Steinbeck novel do you know what this is Mm, lifeboat lifeboat well done after a German U-boat sinks a passenger ship one of them's a Nazi the survivors crowd into a lifeboat along with a German officer they pull from the water you will not find a more convincing study of group dynamics and human nature than this well-crafted 1944 award winner
0: it's a good film. That would be, you could do Lifeboat right now as a play. It's just one of those things. It's all about characters and cat and mouse games and one of these people is not who they say they are. Potentially the guy who says things, nine, <laughs> <And>, hey Hitler, <laughs> hey Hitler. <laughs> we have to find the Nazi. <laughs> what about the guy with the swastika on his arm? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Let's not jump to conclusions. Obvious,
1: yeah. right? Let's not profile people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's what I will say. The final line of this article, I just yes. think is very important to the conversation we've been having there are probably 50 other nautical films that are well worth watching. So start with these and you may soon become a seafaring movie buff. So there you go. I don't want to. <laughs> no, me neither. But thank you. Yeah. Um, I do think it is telling that mm-hmm.
0: the my favourite film amongst those is the one that real sailors would... God, this sucks. <laughs> uh, well, let's get to the mailbag. Okay. Before we do that, we should plug a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a YouTube channel. You won't be seeing this episode because we've gone old school. There'll be no video for this episode. But every week we put clips up, highlights from the show. And if you want to see full episodes of the show, you can go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tofot. We've had a boon of people signing up at the top level. Amazing. Incredible. Like it used to be that I could check it every Mm. few months and I'd send some posters out, but I have to check it like every week now because more and more people are signing up at the top level, which is extraordinary.
1: We really appreciate that. And I know some people are moving over from philosophy as well. And that's great because there's so much cool stuff that you can unlock. And if there's anyone still on the philosophy page, I would recommend you just put your money on the TOEFOP page just because you get access to the, all the extra bonus content. And we're going to do another episode today. And there's yep. all James Forsdyke's art. And Anyway, there's so much back catalogue stuff there that it's well worth signing up. Uh, at the top level, you get the sign posters. Yeah.
0: Now, on that, um, <coughs> I did have a listener get in mm-hmm. contact because we had Adam Spencer on the show a few mm-hmm. weeks back because uh, I saw he'd signed oh, yeah. up at the top level. And Adam said, mm-hmm. I'm happy for you to donate my poster to someone. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can even forge my signature. Yes. And so I had a guy sign up at the top mm-hmm. level, but he didn't leave his address. So I contacted him to say, hey man, like um, just checking uh, that one of the poster because he said, oh, I'd love to get my hands on that Adam Spencer poster. Mm-hmm. And I said, so are you saying you want, just to be clear, it's Will mm-hmm. and I's signature and then a forged Adam. And he's like, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Now on the podcast, mm-hmm. you said, oh, I'm pretty good at mm-hmm. forging Adam's signature. But it's unlikely you're going to have time or be near the mm-hmm. posters to mm-hmm. sign them. Does it matter if I forge it? Even though what he heard and what mm-hmm. he is signed up for is the forged signature. But it, a forgery is a forgery, right? Does it
1: matter if you forge it or I forge it? I. That's a very good question. And I love, what are the ethics of that? Yeah. Like, because it's already a forgery. You can't be like, yeah, but I thought this forgery was from a different forger yeah this is not what i oh hang on we're back in the crypto world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, no a, i think you can forge it absolutely in fact i think that's worth even more why because you're gonna have it's more rare and yeah because my take would be the based actual... on it wouldn't be the actual but it but, would be based on oh, well least, i was gonna ask you to, if you could send me like a. no i think it's better if you just guess what adam yes because that to me is and also for adam's security you don't want to be just willy-nilly handing out his signature all over the place, whereas oh, that's you... A good point. Whereas a
0: When you autograph something, you don't sign your signature, do
1: you? I mean, I don't, yeah. but I don't know what Adam does. Well, I think most people who have autographed things would mm. don't sign their actual signature. And that's I've got to be foolhardy. honest with you, I am only really thinking about Adam's poster. Like, yeah, when like he, I, I don't think I know what his actual signature is. I mean, that would anyway. be creepy
0: if you did. <laughs> if you, I mean, I can forge Gemma's yeah. signature. I have forged Gemma's... Name on things just for expediency's sake. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: online. I mean, now, come on. Like with e-signing things. Yeah. Like, and the amount of times where I sign for something and they're like, "Could you sign on this thing?" And you just, I just wave my finger (laughs) like at the page, and they're like, "Great." Speaking of Spence, he's got uh, in contact with us. Okay, great. Uh, Spence, love you.
0: Thank you for supporting us. Yes, uh, thank you. You're giving us hard-earned money. Uh, D Gardens, the Toe loved last week's mailbag for two reasons. The awesome plug for my number one bestseller, Adam yes. Spencer's Big Book of Numbers, which like many of my bestsellers, is available, signed copies no less, from adamspencer.com.au.
1: Oh, so, so just buy a copy of the book, you'll get his actual signature.
0: Yeah. Uh, use the promo code TOFOP mm-hmm. for twenty five percent off all purchases. Are you serious? Yeah.
1: We've got a promo code on his. I know. Do we get a kickback? <laughs> no, that's good. We, our the kickback we get is that, <laughs> that
0: he's signed up at the highest level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now he's
1: using it. To, <laughs> hang on, this is clever. Very, he's he's a very smart clever.
0: man. Uh, your correspondent pointing to the beauty of the mathematics underpinning the leap year is even more beautiful. The leap second. Okay. Long term, the Earth's spin is slowing down. Hundreds of millions of years ago, mm. a day was more like 22 hours yeah. than 24. Uh. But on average, a day on Earth is not exactly 24 hours. It is about 0.002 seconds longer than that. Mm. So on average, every 1.5 years, the Earth's spin and our atomic clocks are out by about one
1: second. Uh-huh.
0: But this doesn't happen uniformly. The effect of the moon, the uneven molten core at the Earth's center, Mm -hmm. tides, winds, and weather patterns all means no two days on Earth are exactly the same length. Kind of like your legs. Okay. This is too smart for me. The only analogy I can come up with is legs. When the Earth's position and our clocks fall out by a full second, scientists add a leap second. So at Uh midnight on New Year's Eve 2016 into 2017 and before Mm -hmm. June 30th, 2015, the clocks did not count 11.59 and 57 seconds, 58, 59, 12. They instead went 11.59, 57, 58, 59, so up and down. Uh, So down and up. Uh, 11.59.6 and then 12 midnight. This put our clocks and the Earth back in line. No announcement yet as to when the next leap second will be, but it will not be at the end of this month. I'll let you know the moment one is announced. Yours
1: and leap seconds, the Spence. I mean, the fact that the scientists just fucking sneak that in without even it feels us a bit know. sneaky,
0: doesn't it? We should yeah. know that we've cheated a second. Yeah, they're actually
1: older. Could have done something with us. We older, or, <laughs> like one second older than we actually <laughs> no. We are absolutely not. Well, I guess only in the way that we know. I mean, no. So does that mean, like, if time travel was real, yeah. the leap seconds fuck with your calculations. Yeah, that's, imagine that. You know everything else about time travel, but Except you forget to in take into you know, leap seconds. They <laughs> can the up there, and down. You were there two and a half seconds too late to kill Hitler.
0: Well, my, <laughs> my question to you, time traveller, is why did you cut it so fine? <laughs> like,
1: why did you leave it down to seconds? Go a full week before the event you're trying to prevent. No, I'd die. It's water times oh, yeah, like, there's a, a real part, chance yeah. i've been <laughs> killed in a week you've got to like if i'm gonna get back there and kill hitler then i've got to like there's got to be a window i've got to get into town with enough time to kill hitler but not They'd so not much time that i will actually be caught by the nazis you'll be on a
0: lifeboat <laughs> right <laughs> you'll be wearing his <laughs> <a laughs> costume like i won't uh, this is from Daniel. Uh, he's talking about the music festival Splendour in the Grass. Oh, yeah. My yeah. wife and I are driving to Byron um, for the first time. Now that you guys are locals in the area, where should we go for some food or drink in the area on our way up or while we're in Byron but not at Splendour? Um, there is a great... Oh, God. There is a town on the wave between Sydney and Byron. Oh God, I can't remember the name of it. It's like past Newcastle. It's a little surfy town. And they've got a hotel there that's rock and roll themed. Gemma and I oh. stayed there. So you can stay in like the David Bowie room. There's a Tenacious D room. Like it's, it's really cool. And they have like a, a really great setup. It's on the beach. Um, and they have like great food and great restaurant. I'll, when I, I'll, I'll find out what it is after we record and I'll put it on, um, on Twitter. That's my recommendation. If you're doing a big road trip, I there.
1: did that road trip yesterday in reverse. And I had the dogs in the car. And I will say this like so when you, you can kind of bypass copse harbour now like you know the, the freeway sort of goes you know through the edge of town but i highly recommend where Cops harbour is still you still got about two and a half three hours of your drive left and the harbour at copse harbour yeah down by the mm. beach and that entire area down there is beautiful yeah it's such a beautiful beach down there like if you've got like I mean, you're probably not taking your dogs to splendor in the grass, but, like, you know, for me, like, there's parkland down there. There's, like, you know, a whole bunch of little caravans with food and coffee and stuff, and it's just actually really peaceful and beautiful. And a giant banana, of course. Um, Oliver has written in.
0: G'day, lads. I'm another teabagger that started listening far younger than I should have been back in the pre-home and away days. Oh, oh, gee. It turns out the old dick jokes you warn new listeners about is rather appealing to a f- 14-year-old boy's mm. sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, At 24 years of age now, I just wanted to echo many of the other sentiments that people have expressed, particularly to early faux-fop episodes that proved very formative to my values about mental health, politics, respect towards women, etc. Certainly played a large part in who I am today. (laughs) And a hatred of boat films, hopefully, (laughs) after this episode. Uh, My potentially tantalising tidbit is another bin-adequate quandary. When I was younger... While my parents were renovating our house, my DIY dad jackhammered up a lot of old concrete. Rather than pay for a skip, oh, mm-hmm. I love dads. Mm-hmm. My dad the frugal man that he is, decided that he would just put the blocks of concrete in the regular roadside bins. Mm -hmm. And by he would, it meant his 16-year-old son would. Why else would you have kids? (laughs) Except to dole out this kind of responsibility. So at 11 p.m. on bin nights, I was frequently roaming the streets with a wheelbarrow. Oh, no. (laughs) And concrete blocks, each weighing at least 10 kilos. And directed to dump them into my neighbor's bins. I genuinely wondered if the trucks would even be able to lift the bins right. up. Needless to say, sixteen-year-old me was rather appalled by having to do this. Yeah, absolutely. That's your father. A, that's a terrible lesson to teach your son. And dad's like, I don't want to get my fingerprints on this. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> the kid can go to jail. He's got his whole life. He'll only you. go to juvie. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> so my question is: What is the bin yeah. etiquette regarding disposal of concrete? Is it better or worse than dog poo? Is this perfectly acceptable, or was I rightfully appalled? And should my father have been reprimanded by our local neighbour, Charlie? Yeah,
1: absolutely, 100%. Yes. Oh, I, you don't even... It's yeah, worse, worse than dog poo, 100%. We don't need a co-captain on this. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need to wake up Charlie <laughs> to see what the right thing to do in this situation is. That is the wrong thing to do. I would argue it's wrong to put the concrete in your 100%. own bit. 100%.
0: It does. It's not meant to go in there. It's no, it's not household waste. That has to go to the tip, mate. Because so, now some poor bastard at the mm. recycle centre is having to pick out chunk, ten kilo chunks of concrete. Yeah, it's like why is every fucking delivery coming with these separate ten kilo chunks? No, that's bad. Yeah, you should. Your dad
1: should have taken that to the tip. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and certainly not are, got you involved in
0: his crimes. It, and it also fucks up, um, like those trucks. Because I mm. made the mistake. Quite innocently, not with concrete, but when we were doing gardening, I removed a whole yep. bunch of soil and I put that in the green mm. bin just expecting I'd take it. Yeah. But it's like they have, I think they have like a 20 kilo mm. limit. Like well, the, the handles will snap goes. off. Yeah. So you're <laughs> fucking up the truck as well. Yeah, your dad should be deeply...
1: And how much does it cost to dump concrete at the tip? That would be easy. And by the way, this might not have even been the automated truck times. We're talking like, what, eight years ago, nine yeah. years oh, ago. So some poor, so some poor old dude <laughs> is running alongside a truck trying to lift... pre he's got the cigarette in his lips. Rolling in one hand, trying to do in his back. It never gets to be a garbo again because it's 20 kilos of concrete in the... Yeah. Bin. No, that's terrible. No, that's fucked up. And yeah
0: and yeah he made it hard on everyone like it would have been so easy just to get your help to load that concrete into the back of the car and then take it to the tip Mm. but he's made you walk around with a wheelbarrow which by the way like there's no discreet discreetness with that like everyone's going to notice some teenager sneaking around the streets with a fucking wheelbarrow at night even if it's been
1: night yeah i mean and everyone's going to know in your neighborhood who it is because the guy who doesn't have any concrete anymore yeah. <laughs> like it's going to be pretty obvious it's not going to be like a mystery if one person like if it's a dog I know that you can find out the DNA of like dog poo they could track that down but, but there would be a fair amount of work to be done to work out who that culprit was but like if it's just like a lump of concrete from somebody's house you could quickly scan the neighbourhood and go Who'd I reckon I reckon it's that guy yeah. who has no the guy driveway with the building anymore materials parked <laughs> yeah. In his driveway yeah um, all right,
0: let's just do one all more. Right. This is from James. Uh, Dear Colin Fop, and I don't know if that's uh, facetious. I think he genuinely thinks it's Colin Fop. Yeah. It's Colin Fop, yeah. uh, as in Speed Two: Colin yeah. <laughs> Bruce <laughs> Control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are ever looking for more to do, yeah. no. Can I suggest a request to Fop commentaries? Oh yeah. Like old DVD commentaries. Are they passe now? Do they not do commentaries of films anymore? Who? What? Well, do you Who guess I guess
1: you don't get DVDs anymore. Are movie commentaries a thing anymore? Interesting. That is actually a good question. Like, because no one really buys hardware. Because, like, because if I a could hardware, download uh, commentaries, uh, I still think oh, that I. If you could I, do it on streaming, I'd do it. Yeah, I still think that I would. I think for most things that if I could download like a commentary of the episode, that'd be. I bought. Fury Road
0: on mm. like streaming like a digital copy and I'm pretty sure that has all the special features mm. but I don't know if it's got a a commentary interesting okay oh, yeah. um, so like old DVD commentaries except it's you guys talking through something where you're not particularly qualified to the task so like a reaction video essentially okay. I think we did talk about that there was a Russell Crowe video mm. you were obsessed with oh yes
1: that I still am obsessed with. <laughs> we'll we we should. do that. Okay, we should do that. We'll do that, yes.
0: Yeah, uh, Yeah. okay, so we'll do a commentary. Uh, maybe Two Guys One Cup could release a watch-along commentary track for a game in this year's finals. Mm. Well, that might be a bit much. Yeah. Um, or Fofop could get Guy Davison to do one of your deep-cut video store favourites. Oh, yeah, I okay. guess we could do that down the mm. line. How would we do that? We'd have to watch it separately at <sighs> our ends and, Sorry, and do it. Uh. I think that would be okay. Yeah, I'll ask Guy if he's up for it. Yeah, It's just finding the time because it's two hours. That's, you know, when you've got a kid, that's a lot of time. Uh, Maybe Podcast Mike wants to do a human centipede. Listen along. Mm. All right. He feels like he has time. I've never seen the human (laughs) centipede. Yeah. Maybe Podcast Mike and I will do a human centipede. Listen along. I don't think
1: I want to watch it though. I don't think I've ever seen it.
0: Would you want to see it? Not really. Uh, I don't think so. All right, Mike. I'll, I'll talk to you about this at a later point. Maybe there's a maybe we can do like a mini mini version, like yeah. a, a, a watch a YouTube highlights clip or something like that. Mm-hmm. In a commentary. Uh, it might be nice for particularly lonely people who would like company to watch shit with. Oh, now you feel guilty.
1: Okay. Well. That's,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You know what? Yeah. Look, we will try. The problem with Will and I doing commentaries is yes. like we'd have to be in the same place watching something, but we're very rarely in the same place yes. these days. I mean, today is the only day we could yeah, have Yeah, but done. I have to go catch a in flight. In the last in, year. Like, <laughs> and I have to go soon, so, yeah. yeah. All right. We'll, we'll look, we'll talk about it. I mean, like all those great TOEFOP ideas yeah. we never action, we'll, yeah. just, we'll add it to the pile. We'll add
1: that to the pile of, yeah, great things that we'll never do.
0: Um, okay, anyway. Uh, just uh, one last question. Why do we address emails to Colin Fop again? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the joke was uh, to, to FOP T O. Uh, when you look yeah. at an email, it's yeah. two colon two and then colon the name of the person. We and we said it'd be funny if you just put FOP two up the colon two, FOP two colon FOP, not colon mm. FOP. Um, like everything
1: about this show, it it's is convoluted. <laughs> convoluted and, and, an and people forget what the explanation
0: is. Isn't that a thing about comedy? Like if you're required to explain it, it's no longer funny. <laughs> yeah, that's our entire our premise ex- of this entire stick. <laughs> Like, why do people email you this thing? Why do they always talk about bins? Oh, because yeah. blah, 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 Anyway, blah. yeah. The humour is not uh, readily available. Um, mm. um, Yes, we're about to do a bonus episode. So if you want to get more Tofop action, uh, go to patreon.com. We also have another podcast called Two Guys, One Cup, which is exclusive on the listener. what's got wrong? You're
1: looking at... No, me. no, I'm
0: just... Uh, we are just, recording. Yeah, we are recording. Okay, it.
1: Just double checking. I was double checking oh, and, yeah. the, and the sun was shining directly on the screen, right. which meant that I could not see anything and, and did slightly panic no. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just the sun. Well, you're listening to this, so
0: we obviously did record it. And mm-hmm. yes, so go to patreon.com if you want to support us, check out all the bonus material. If you can't afford us uh, support us financially, please go to TOEFL TV mm-hmm. and check out some other free content and just like it, leave yep. a comment. Get our numbers up because that helps us. Sell yeah, share it, share
1: it around if you think somebody would like it. All of that stuff. So it's all there for free to be able to do that. And uh, on a faux fop this week, uh, Ben Lee is my guest. Oh,
0: really? Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, He's got his own
1: podcast now. He does indeed. He and his wife are doing a podcast together, which we talk about on the episode. We also talk about. His new album and his new single that is released, which I am in the video clip of. Really? Oh, just a little... It's an animated thing right. with a whole bunch of people's okay. heads. But but yes, including myself. Um, and uh, it's a good chat, actually. We talk a lot about cults and... Uh, his time in cults and the appeal of cults and then the cult of creativity. And it's oh, a, yeah, it's a... It's a any a, talk of the keanu <laughs> We didn't, actually. No, no. But, um, yeah, it's it's fun. All, awesome. of it, all Yeah, it's a really fun episode. So check that out with Ben Lake. Okay, I'm Charlie Clawson. And I'm Will Anderson.
0: This podcast is a Tofop production. Head to Tofop.com for more. Cool things for cool people.